Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. What is good, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. As always, my name is Nick Carlisle. And I have the pleasure of being your host as we work together to optimize our lives through any means possible. This episode is brought to you by MyLifeEnchanted.com, which is my newly released website where you can find all things related to the Life Enchanted movement. I have my blog on there that I post to frequently. You can sign up for my email newsletter on there for exclusive content. You can connect to my social media accounts, check out some healthy snack recipes, visit the Creation Admiration Store and find out how you can help support what I'm doing through Patreon. There's a lot more on there as well. The website is constantly being updated and improved, and if you've liked any of the podcast episodes thus far, it's highly likely that you'll enjoy the content that is on there, especially the blog and the email newsletter. Also, please leave a rating and possibly a review of the podcast on whatever platform you're using. Your feedback helps other people discover the show and join the movement. My guest for today's episode is Mr. Craig Gross. Craig is an author, he's a speaker, an entrepreneur, and his work has been featured on CNN, Fox, ABC, the LA Times, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and numerous other media outlets. Craig founded Triple X Church in 2001, which is dedicated to bringing awareness, openness, and accountability to those affected by pornography. Craig is also the host of a new podcast called Craig Brain, which you can find online. He frequently speaks at church services, colleges, festivals, and youth events all around the country, and it was a pleasure for me to talk with him. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Craig Gross, ladies and gentlemen. All right, and we're live. Craig, what's up, man? Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, man. So you have your hands in quite a few different jars right now, and I want to explore as much of them as our time permits, but first I want to talk to you about Triple X Church, from which... I understand you founded in 2001, correct? Yeah, the site went live January, what, January 9th, 2002, but we started working on it yeah, early, uh, kind of the summer of 2001. Nice. What was kind of the, the impetus in, in forming Triple X Church? Actually, let's start with let's start with what Triple X Church is. Can you explain what it is? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it is the, the largest site online that helps people that are caught up with porn or any other kind of sexual addiction or um you know issues revolving sex and porn i think our our goal from the beginning was to create a safe place online to to let people know they they weren't alone so it's Mm -hmm. moved from that original i think it's it's still serving that original purpose but expanded to i don't know fifteen thousand pages of content so if (laughs) if you're struggling with something or if you're looking for a topic you know, in, inside those categories, I think you know, we probably answered it or talked about it at some point over the last 16 years. Yeah. Yeah. Are those just, are those like blog posts or articles or? Yeah, I think, I mean, when we started this, it was before there was even a blog, but yeah, yeah. I mean, from blog to articles, to videos, to podcasts, to just, um, gosh, you name it, you know, when it comes to content on the site. Yeah. Yeah, so you said we, you had founding partners in this, or was this kind of your baby, or? Yeah, I launched the site, so uh, kind of to throw it way back, there's Fire for Ministries, which I started in 1998 with my friend Jake Larson from high school. Um, We've been friends since junior high, so we we started a speaking ministry called Craig and Jake Live, and Mm. we had written a talk on porn, so this was... Is something we kind of traveled with or to youth camps, conferences, kind of all over the place. And we'd kind of sneak in this talk on porn. And I think it just got to the point where people were actually asking us to do that talk. Like, hey, I've heard you guys got this talk. Nobody's really talking about it. Um, are you guys are you guys able to do this talk? So there's another guy that was doing worship music for us at our live events. And so uh, it was basically me and Mike started working on this site together as the opportunities came for me and Jake to speak to Christian kids and, you know, youth events. The thought was, Hey, let's send them to this website, you know, after the talk. And, um, once you start working on something like this with like really no fence around it, you know, so to speak with triple X church, we could, we could reach way outside of the box. And so, um, 
yeah, like we didn't want to exclude the Christian kids from the church conference world, but I think immediately I was kind of fascinated with the way bigger audience out there that was struggling with porn online and nobody was really talking about it. So yeah. even outside of the church, you mean? Yeah. I mean, outside of the church, yeah. People were just reluctant to, you know, it's like, gosh, the early days of the internet before we shopped online, before we did anything on online besides look at porn. I mean, it was, there was no banking, there was no blogging, there was no podcasts. It was porn. And, you know, I think Napster came out after that, but it was just <laughs> the the first days of the internet. The number one thing to do on it was porn, and so our thought was, let's just reach these people that are looking online for porn. Like, let's give them, uh, you know, something else to not just to look at, but uh, this. I, I would say a lot of it was right time, right place. It wasn't, mm-hmm. hey, let's go do this for the next eight, seventeen, eighteen years of my life, but it was. There's an opportunity. This is kind of where the internet has changed the landscape when it comes to you having to search for porn and find it in a you know bathroom or a park or at a liquor store. Now, to it's right available for anybody to to take. So, I think that the original idea was just hey, there's there's something there's that big shift where you had to look. We grew up in an age where you were lucky to find it and now you had to work hard to avoid it. So mm-hmm. let's connect those kind of dots. And then as we started talking about it, I think people were like, well, is that really a big deal? It was like, Oh, just wait, you know, just this is change. This is a game changer when it comes to consuming porn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, as the internet just kind of took off, obviously uh, I don't think any of us could have expected our real <laughs> not just reliance on the internet, but just how, how far we would go with the internet. But with that porn was just right behind just so triple X church. It's just to me to start something in that landscape where gosh, it was just a free for all on online. And, and for us to just put three X's in front of the word church, it immediately got reaction. And it took obviously a while for the church to get behind it. But our thought was, this is, this isn't going to go any anywhere, but just more and more availability. And, you know, this would be our easiest shot at reaching people. Um, when you talk about porn to reach them online. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. What, what are people underestimating about the effects of looking at porn frequently? Uh, I think people don't realize like this stuff. uh, I mean, like your father's playboy is nothing compared to what is a what a 12 year old is looking at online today. And I think the shift that that's doing for your expectations for sex, you know, it's like, Oh, that's a centerfold. You know, if I got lucky, I could see that now you're seeing hardcore, you know, sex is being presented in, in, in not just a harder fashion, but just everything is, 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 is blown up from a sense of, gosh, this is distorting your view of sex. And so I think, whereas, and I'm not even saying like Playboy was ever a, a good thing, but I think when, when I first started, people were like, I can't believe, you know, what's the big deal with porn? It's like, well, now the stuff you're looking at today and kids are finding with one Google search, I think it's the, the greater impact is, is on their sex life. Like, well, you're disappointed with real sex because it doesn't match those expectations that the internet's kind of showed you. And I think porn has definitely become our sex ed. And mm-hmm. so that's the standard. And yet it looks nothing like real sex. Yeah. So I think that's, that's why it's so dangerous. Can you speak a little bit about, because if, if it's establishing these false expectations of sex and intimacy and whatnot, and then that's lacking in future marriages, can you speak about how that is problematic for a marriage? I think the problematic is one, like, there's a disconnect. I mean, women, women aren't watching as much porn, obviously, as men. And then men are watching something that's very one-sided. Like, okay, if you like blondes, if you like, you know, big girls, if you like Asian. I mean, whatever market you want, it's now not just like I'm going to a buffet. I'm going to find exactly, hone in on what I want. And I think sex is not about what you want. It's about what your spouse and you want and you both have needs and feelings and emotions and porn is just all about what you want now 
and what you like. And so I think it's it's a very very selfish way to consume porn because you're rewiring that your brain in a sense too of like, oh no, I like this. Now I, I, I mean, when guys are telling me, hey, I'm I'm having sex with my wife, but I'm thinking about the stuff that I was looking at online. Mm-hmm. You know, women can't compete with porn, and so. I think the selfish nature, the one-sided nature, that the idea that it's only kind of what you want and you desire, and it's it's not teaching you any any real way on how to connect with a real person. And I mean, I'm 40, 43, um, you know, just call me old, but like it's funny. Even I was in Vegas this week for the Super Bowl this this weekend with my wife, and you know, we ended up there's this DJ that we're like, Hey, let's just go see this guy. Like play, you know, like it was, we had no kids, whatever we, we've gone before with some friends. I think we saw the chain smokers like before just this like Vegas nightclub, whatever it's, it's kind of a scene. And so we get there, my wife and I, and so this time it was just us. And we're like, okay, this is just, this is exactly why we're reliant on the internet. Here's this club. They just get you in here at, you know, 10 30 at night. The guy doesn't go on to one so it's just like three hours of just nothing to do, nowhere to stand, just that techno kind of boom, you know, mm-hmm. beat. And then I'm just watching people. My wife and I are literally, you know, here we are, like, we weren't even the oldest people in the club, but we're like, it's groups of men and groups of women. And then nobody's hooking up. Nobody's, like, even interacting. Like, it's the most boring, lamest environment <laughs> I've ever seen. And yet, like, we're the only ones, like, not that we were, like, all baking out in the, the club, but we're, like, we're the only ones, actually, with somebody of the opposite sex. It's like these men and women don't even know how to talk to each other. You know, yeah. everyone's on their phone. They're all drinking and acting like they're having a good time. But I'm like, you guys don't even know how to do do this. <laughs> and then, you know, we go to a show the next night, like, after the Super Bowl. And it was, you know, they were asking the crowd where everyone's from. And it literally everyone, where did you meet? Oh, we met on the internet. We met on Bumble. We met here. And I was just like, now without the internet, we don't even know how to talk to people. And like we get in this environment in a club where it was like, okay, these guys don't want to just dance with their guy friends all night. But then, and I think with not just sex, but I look at how the internet has changed, not just how we communicate how we don't communicate with each other how we don't know how to yeah not just make the first move but ask a girl out or talk to somebody and and then how sexual things get so quickly behind a text or dm compared to just like you know real life it's like the game that people have is gone of like being able to talk to somebody communicate and i think Mm. i think that's the dangerous side where i look at this it's just it's it's just it's it's way beyond just how we're not connecting uh, on on sex. I think this is just it's over overall hurting people and and how we grow a relationship. And um, you know you can shortcut anything, obviously, with the internet. But with sex, it's just man, it's it's crazy to think. I, yeah, in two thousand two to now two thousand nineteen, like to to watch how this. Is, is changed so much, I guess, for how we operate in and out of relationships. Yeah, yeah. So in the, in the TED, TED Talk that you gave, you said a quote that I wanted to bring up. You said, we're the most connected generation of all time, but I think that we're the most disconnected, um, yeah. which kind of speaks to exactly what you said. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, I think it's, it's you know, we're, we're connected. Oh, I follow, you know, I follow... I follow you or I, I have friends or, you know, when we're at somewhere, we have to post, we have to share where we're at. Um, but then when we're get somewhere where we're at a place, we have to, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm just blown away when I watch people eat or I watch people just kind of as they're hanging out, we don't know what to do if we don't look at our phones. And then we're looking like, yeah, just we're looking at other people live their life and we've kind of stopped living ours. So I think it's that, that sense of, oh, I know that person. Or if, like, I'm always fascinated when I look at people's phones, like, who do you follow? Do you know that person? No. But like, we're just living through, we're, we're watching other people live their lives. And then those of us that are trying to live our lives, I think the fact that there's these opportunities now to post your life, 
you know, as an influencer or this and that. And, and I think, I think we're following all the wrong people and we're watching all the wrong things, you know, like your life is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more than that person's life that you, that you're following that lives, you know, some, some fantasy kind of world. Um, so I, I think it's just, it's scary to me to see how we're building relationships or just the lack of depth that's there. Like I'm old school. I told my friend, my kids, like, you're not going to text message. Uh, my son started, I mean, he's at the age he can date and it's just like, no, but you're not going to build a relationship with a girl on text message. We're, we're going to make you, you're going to call her. You're going to talk to her. You're yes. going to, um, and so kind of that old school nature of like, no, don't just sit there and disrupt somebody's life by texting them, you know, 50 times a day and thinking, um, that that's a relationship. Like talking about the Super Bowl, I thought the T-Mobile commercials were some of the best ones in the Super Bowl. And the, the one was like, kind of showed that kind of crazy girl that's sending the text. That's like, I need a response from you. And mm-hmm. I have single friends that are, are like, dude, that's my ex-girlfriend. Like, that's what she does. Like, I have to emoji her back or <laughs> she doesn't feel secure in our relationship. And I'm like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like get on the phone, get with people. And yeah. you know, we're, we're the lack of depth that's there, I think is, is, is enormous, but how many people don't see it? How many people think, oh, yeah, like, these are all my friends. It's just like, yeah, there's got to be something bigger than than just the amount of friends and followers. Like, my, my son, we took to, uh, I mean, we I grew up on, like, Stussy, like, the, the clothes. And, and so our friend knows the, the family. And long story short, we're at, like, the Stussy headquarters. And the guy who started it, I mean, you can find, you can Google him on, on Instagram. I He's a Cal Poly dude, right? Yeah, I think uh, so. For, well, there's two guys, and so the guy running it now, his son is kind of running the company. But Frank Sinatra, not the singer, but that's the, the guy who owns Stussy. <laughs> and so we we meet him, we talk to him, and then I pull his up his Instagram. He's got like 245 followers, and so I showed it to my son. I was like, "Here's like an 80 million dollar company, you know, that <laughs> is like still all hype beast and all the stuff that you know my son like loves." But it's mm-hmm. like this guy's 245 followers. Like he could care less about. Like, it has no impact on his business. It, it doesn't need to be that guy. He yeah. kind of flies under the radar, but I think I think those that's rare. That's rare for somebody today to have some sort of success or some sort of business and not have this big social presence. And yeah. I think a lot of it's just kind of smoke and mirrors. But, um, you, you know, I, I worry about my kids that just when you're posting that, that idea of I have to post or it's about – what my friend, you know, who's going to like that or who's going to see that rather than dude, who's really, what's really going to matter in 20 years of your life is like, do you have three or four really good friends that are mm-hmm. still with you? Not, are you verified? And you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah, absolutely, man. There's so much there in what you just said. I'm sure, uh, you like me have memories of talking with your girlfriend in junior high for three hours on the phone connected to the wall, hiding in a closet, um, and having deep conversations where you can actually hear the inflection in each other's voice and not have to read through text and try and figure out what they're, you know, what, what they're trying to say and whatnot. And that, that stuff is, is super important. Just being able to actually talk to someone. And I think, I think these kids get this, this false sense of relationship satisfaction almost through these social media platforms where they actually kind of convince themselves that they're like, that they're connecting with people, even though that it's like this, it's this connection that's just comparing themselves to others and envying what other people are doing. And I mean, I'm a high school teacher, man. So I see how, how addicted these kids are to their phone. They're even talking about with the state testing we're doing, um, having the students put their phones in boxes that are visible from their testing seat so that they do not have phone disconnect anxiety and that they can perform better on the tests that's where we're getting to yeah so it's it's just ridiculous um but yeah i mean it's these companies and whatnot they're they're just pouncing on our desire to see all of this content and and they they curate it to to get eyeballs to it and and it works but i think we're kind of on the uh 
we're we're kind of discovering what's really occurring here and all the statistics showing the amount of depression and suicide and anxiety that are just going through the roof that are that are correlated directly with the rise of social media like that stuff is super telling and i think something's gonna happen um so back to to triple x real quick i know you guys have something called x3 watch which is from what i understand uh it's a software right sold by you guys and i saw it has over 1.1 million downloads what exactly does x3 watch do the idea from the beginning of that was just can we create something online that would share what you look at online with a trusted friend oh um so instead of blocking your porn use that the thought was pretty simple if somebody just sees what you see online that could change everything because the the, the just the nature of the internet of what now you're looking at with a smartphone nobody sees your screen you know i love what Apple's done with screen time. Just, you know, if you've got a kid or if you've got your spouse or you're like, hey, I'm, what, what am I spending on my phone? And just what am I looking at? Like Apple will tell you right there. Like, mm-hmm. hey, here's how much you're looking at. Here's how many times you picked up your phone. So actually watch. Think about it like that. It just it reports back what you looked at on the Internet. And our thought was, hey, this would change what you look at when it comes to porn because – if somebody else sees what you're looking at, like that's that's a game changer. So yeah. uh, we started that in 04, obviously on Windows um, over the years. I mean, it's been downloaded by over a million people. Um, and it's still a pretty simple idea. Like you just share what you're looking at and the stuff that's tripping you up. If you're okay with somebody else seeing it, then like that's the conversation, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's what are you, what are you hiding? And so, um, yeah, simple idea of on accountability and, and what gets you in trouble is when you go about things on your own. Like the number one thing we saw at Triple X Church from day one and still same thing after all these years, nobody knows. And so we're living in a world today where nobody knows you're looking at porn, yet everybody knows you're looking at porn. Like mm. if you just could get over that hurdle and tell somebody, uh, I think you're gonna you're gonna see a bunch of change in your life. But many people just can't ever you know, admit to that or just talk through that, Hey, I need some help. And so that, that was just the, the whole idea. Like, Hey, let's just share, share what, share your screen, share what you're looking at with somebody close to you, not a stranger. And it was never meant to restrict you, but it was meant to, Hey, hold you accountable for those things that you're looking at online. That's brilliant, man. Yeah. The power of accountability is huge, especially yeah, in, in recovery, um, dealing with addiction and whatnot. That's that's brilliant. Super simple too, like you said. That's a good move. Obviously, it's working as well with over 1.1 million downloads. Um, so while doing some homework for this episode, I read that you and your wife actually have an open relationship, but not in the traditional we can hook up with other people sense, which um, actually a lot of people are starting to be proponents for because of guys like Aubrey Marcus. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that dude. He's the CEO and founder of On It, but him and his fiance are in an open relationship, and he's kind of pushing for people to have open relationships and like you know develop love and freedom. Can you can you talk about what you meant by you and your wife having an open relationship and and why it's important for your marriage? I think we've just been in something for so long, and it's what takes you down is secrets. I mean, look at gosh, from Tiger Woods to. Anthony Weiner, to, I mean, you name it, like the tabloids, like it's just, it comes down to you're not who you, we thought you were and you're living a different life. Um, and so the thought is like, don't, yeah, no secrets like this, this is what's going to, it's, we've, we've taken all sorts of crap for like, Oh, I can't believe you go to a porn show. You did done this or done that. Like, it's probably not the things you do out in public that are going to get you in trouble. It's the stuff you do when nobody's watching. And I think in our relationship with your, your spouse, just how many people don't know their wife's like you have a passcode on your phone or you, you have two checking accounts or you have, you've not become one. So that idea of like being one, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's what's mine is yours. And I think living like that where you're like, there's trust and especially you know when trust is broken it's 
your relationship, I think, is holding on by a thread. But for a lot of people, they don't know what happens in a relationship when there is trust because you've never had it. Mm. Um, and so I think it's just it's simple things. It's just like, oh, yeah, I don't have a passcode on my phone. Actually, I do now with Apple Pay, but my kids, everyone knows my password. Everyone can put their finger if they need on my phone. Mm. And there's nothing that I have off limits. And I think it's just a different way of living where you're just like, Hey, you can see that you can, there's nothing here hiding on my computer. I mean, my stuff's open. Um, I, I planted 40 when my wife turned 40, that was like, we, I threw her 40, like a surprise party. And that was so hard to not only just keep a secret, but just, you know, families <laughs> texting me. And it was just like, <laughs> it was a, it was fun to kind of try and navigate that and keep it all. Like I had it all dialed in until like, literally like we're at the hotel checking in and like she's like gosh that looks like my parents it was just like oh gosh out of every like i've got this far and i get all the way to check in and her parents are just at the wrong place at the wrong time i was like you know how hard this is to keep all this from you like and i think for a lot of people you're in the trouble that you're in because you, you've almost trusted too much where it's just like and you're you end up kind of making some poor decisions. So I think our, our point was just like, hey, how do you live in a place where it's like, hey, there's no no secrets. There's nothing off limits um, to talk about. Uh, uh, it's, it's just, I struggle a lot with just the Christian, like our Christian upbringing. My wife wasn't raised Christian. I was. And I think it's so dangerous what, the conversations we don't have or we avoid, especially because, oh, well, we're Christians. It's it's so dumb. It's like, mm-hmm. well, we can't tell the truth or we can't talk about these things that are difficult or anything in regards to sex. I mean, so many people I know with marriage problems, it's like, well, I can't tell my wife I looked at porn before marriage. I thought it was going to cure, marriage would cure it, but it hasn't. But then I can't even communicate with my wife like about that. And so now we carry around that shame, that guilt, then we can't talk about, well, here's what I've actually liked in my sex life. Um, it's like those things just kind of stay on the table. And I think, um, if anything, Triple X Church has helped us in my marriage where it's like, look, we're not going to be afraid to talk about these things openly and um, push up against them. And, and I think that's what's helped us go, gosh, just, if you could just talk about some of this stuff, it's not as big of a deal that we're making it out to be. But yeah. when it's kept under wraps, I think that's, that's where this stuff just kind of, you know, it grows when, when it's hiding. Mm-hmm. And it eats you alive from the inside. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so knowing what you know about connection and social media and the internet and whatnot, what have been some practical rules or guidelines that you've established in your household that you think have helped set your kids up for success? Well, first off, you have two kids, right? Boy and a girl? Oh, yes. And how old are they? Uh, Nolan's going to be 16 here next month and my daughter's 13. Yeah. So, so what are some things that you've established that you think have helped set them up for success or will set them up for success? Gosh. Um, and this could be regards to anything, screen time, no phones in the bedroom past eight or whatever, just really anything. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've, uh, gosh, I don't it's funny because my, my friend asked my son, like, oh, you know what, you know, who's stricter, your mom or dad or this or that. So I, I don't, and I'm, I think like Nolan said to him, you know, the only thing my dad's really strict on is stuff with technology, but that's it. Like, mm-hmm. there, I don't have rules just for the sake of rules, but it's like, like I didn't give, I didn't give Nolan a phone just because everybody else had a phone. Like when I gave him an iPhone, it was, it was just like, hey, you can have an iPhone, but. I want you to understand, like, look at my phone. I don't have games on my phone. I don't, this isn't it. Like, this is a work thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so for you, it's like, if if you're going to have a $900 device or whatever these things cost now, like, I want you to learn how to, how to use it. So one of the things like for for him getting a phone was uh, he was starting, like, I wanted him to understand not just how to use it, but yeah, let's be productive with it. So I had said, this was at, what was he? probably 12, I think when I gave it to him, I said, you have to upload a YouTube episode every Wednesday by eight o'clock or you lose your phone. And 
you know, you talk about, oh, I want to do these things. You know, how many people are like, oh, I want to do a YouTube show or I want to learn how to do this. But then you, it's like, no, I, that's the rule. Like, and so if you don't have it done by eight on Wednesdays, like you don't, you don't get the phone. Like this is, you can do whatever you want with this show. And it's funny. Like, I think it did 134 wow. episodes. Um, and then I was like, hey, you don't have to do it anymore. Like you've, you've proven to me. But it, he mm -hmm. said to me after 100 episodes, he didn't like doing it until he got to 100 and that's where I think a lot of kids don't know, oh, well, what, what do I like? What do I love? What do I want to, you, you know, do? It's just like you have to just do something for a good amount of time. Yeah. Um, you know, so for him, it was like after 100 episodes, hey, I really like doing this. You know, got more gear, got stuff beyond his iPhone, learned Photoshop, learned Final Cut Pro, learned Adobe, learned a bunch of just different programs. Um, now he's been able to, uh, I mean, he just directed a commercial for Nike. So it was like. He's been able to, it's like, I want to teach you how to use this, not just teach you how to play with this thing. And then when I gave him a phone, you didn't have Safari. You weren't allowed to, there was no social media stuff on there. Now at almost 16, he's had Instagram for the last year on his phone. Um, and when screen time came out, one of the things, and I think any parent can do this, just be smarter than your kids. Apple tells you, like, here's your screen time. So I had said, social media and text messaging. I don't want you more than an hour a day on it. The average kids are looking at this is it's insane. Like two mm -hmm. to seven hours. And so I just said 60 minutes a day. Um, that's any social media app and any text messaging. You can talk just like your phone carriers. Like everyone gives you unlimited minutes to talk. Yeah. I don't care how long. I mean, kids aren't doing that. So, I mean, adults aren't, we're just texting. And so you can use the phone however you want in that way, but on social media, it's an hour. And then every week it tells you, here's where you're at for seven days. I said, you have to make a donation to the ministry, a dollar a minute for anything that goes over. Wow. I love that. That's been just in the last four months we've implemented that. Um, and now the ministry is like super wealthy. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he, he's he, obliging. He, yeah. yeah it's, um, one of the things was like when friends come over, like you're not on your phone. It's like, I'm not picking up the kids and driving you around and you guys are just going to be on your phones. Cause yep. there's always that one kid as a teenager or 12, 13 year old that doesn't have a phone. And then you're all like, Oh, like, Oh, well look what we're looking at. And then you're looking at things that like, I wouldn't allow you to be looking at. And so it was just like, Hey, when I'm driving your friends and they're coming over, we're not playing on our phones. Um, mm -hmm. I've never been a big, I mean, we, we play, you know, Xbox or sports games, they've never been a big, like, you're going to sit there and play these shoot 'em up games all day long um, and just be unproductive. I'm, I'm kind of anti-video game, and I know, like, that that kid, to me, is not going to be my kid. Like, oh, well, what about if he goes on to make video games? Yeah, and, like, 95% of you aren't. Yeah. You're going to have a pizza and Mountain Dew in your room and be <laughs> in my house till you're 28. Like, yeah. um, like and it's just simple things like that where I'm like, no, I, I don't, I, you're not doing that in mm -hmm. here. Like these are my rules or these are our rules. Um, like this thing's good, but it's going to be limited. You're not going to post everything on, on social media or you're not going to, um, like I'm able to see, you know, this stuff or log mm -hmm. in your accounts. Uh, and I want to trust you, but I also go, we can't just give our kids these adult toys and expect them to make adult decisions yeah. with no guidance. And, um, you know, we've had a filter obviously on our home, uh, internet, just, we've set things up where it's like, Hey, we're not anti any of this stuff, but we're, we know the dangers and we know, um, you know, what's going on. I mean, I'm the guy that's going to, a kid brought porn to school and I'm going to call that kid's parent and leave an answering message for his mom on her, you know, home line and say like this, and and call the principal and say like we're gonna gather the parents and talk about this stuff like yeah because I take this stuff seriously it's like and then parents are have just turned such a blind eye to, to this and it's like you give your kid a phone out of the box there's actually things that if you just took five minutes with it and did a few things of research you could there's things built into every phone that you go man this could actually help your kid. Mm -hmm. rather than you give the phone to your kid and then your phone breaks and you ask your kid like how to fix your phone it's it's such a great place to be in as a kid today when like you're smarter than your parents yeah. but yeah it's super dangerous so you know and it's getting tough to stay on your game where it's like hey you know stuff 
I mean, your kids are going to learn this stuff faster than you. So you've got to be aware of, yeah, what they're on, where they're, where they're at. And just gosh, the people that are trying to get to these, to, to them and just the inappropriate nature of, of stuff all day long that's in, in front of them. And so to me, trying to have that in with limits and have that with, um, like my daughter's 13. She doesn't have Instagram on her phone. So if she wants to go look at it, she's a dancer. And so she likes looking at all the photos, but it's like, you're not going to be just sitting here posting whatever you want on your phone. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have access to that. So I think with more parents, just do what is don't, don't give in to what your kids want you to do. Like have a plan for like what you think like you're comfortable with. And, yeah. Um, most parents just kind of check out on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's super wise and something that I really haven't heard from someone as far as what you did with your son in YouTube, forcing him to basically realize the opportunities that are at his fingertips 24 seven. Um, and really being a proponent for that, but really pushing him to do that stuff, but then also limiting because YouTube is a social media I mean, technically it's different obviously, but different than Instagram or, or Twitter or anything. But, um, but then limiting the just like brain cell killing downtime of just scrolling and comparing and envy and all that stuff. So that's super cool. Do you have any apps or anything that you use specific apps or is it all just kind of like you just monitor what they're doing, just kind of take their phone and whatnot or. I mean, right there on like, cause we're all on iPhone. So right there on, on just screen time, like you're just like, so I've set up one family, like, like our iTunes account is run off my account. So anything on their phone. And so it's like, look, I said, you can download anything on your phone and I've turned off the restriction to delete anything. So it's just like, whatever's on your phone actually comes to my phone. So it's just like, that in itself is, is a hack. So you just have, if they want to download or purchase anything, they sign in. There's only one iTunes password that your family, Apple password. That's super smart. And then everything's downloads on my phone. So it's like, Hey, if, if, if you think it's inappropriate or you don't think like now it's like, look, you can download something. I see it. And, yeah. and you're not signed into a different account on there. And, 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 and yeah, I mean, the idea is just like, no, your phone is, and then all of us can, can see it. So, um, and then just, if you, if you get it, you can't delete it. So it's like, well, none of this, I mean, there's so many ways as, as a parent, if you just put yourself in these kids shoes, it's like, Oh, I can download that. I can re-sign in. I can like, yeah, like you can put up some basic restrictions that just go. No, this is. And I don't care if your kid's twelve or if he's sixteen. If he's on your plan, there's a lot of things you can do on his phone or in their phones. And Mm -hmm. part of it's not about trust. It's about like being smart as a parent. Like, don't give your kid access to to all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. What what are some things, um, if there are, what are some different things that you've kind of established with your daughter as opposed to your son? Some different techniques or or philosophies or whatever just that differ from male to female? I mean, I, mean, I think the, the stuff with, granted, she's not boys yet, and so it's like, with the Nolan, it's like, I mean, no, my son's got almost 17,000 followers. He's got a lot of people that are, um, you know, from verified to friends that have millions of followers. So it's just, it's, it's, you're definitely up against the whole, you know, like and algorithm, just, just the popularity kind of side mm-hmm. where it was just like, and then girls liking and sending DMs and asking, you know, you don't know if it's a girl. It could be some 40-year-old dude in his underwear. You know, like, yeah. you don't know who you're talking to. So I think that's been a part of, like, hey, you have this thing. You're out there. You're kind of a uh, – um, he's an actor, and so he's got he's got a following. But, like, it's – this is this has opened you up to a whole different world where it's like, um, yeah, don't share – you know, your location or the, uh, like, you just got to be highly aware of, of, of things like that. And, and just like the haters or just people that, that see if you've had success here and just negative comments or just a lot of garbage on the internet. And I think with my daughter, it's like, is she really right now? It just only cares about like posting dance videos and, and doing that, but it's um, not the boys or, you know, not posting anything, obviously, inappropriate but 
Um, I think she's so young enough where we haven't seen the group of friends that she's around with the girls that are posting, you know, the slutty photos and yeah. um, bearing everything. But, um, you know, and I'll do, I'll follow my kids. I mean, I obviously I can sign in on their accounts on my phone or I can just see who's following them or I, I'll just, I'll look at that. Like, and then sometimes I've done things where I'm like, Hey guys, come in here. And I reenacted like a photo I saw on Instagram, like with my shirt off, like a <laughs> slutty girl photo on the beach. And I'm like, Hey, Nolan, like, who's this? And it'll be like, dad, that's gross. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> what does this photo tell you about your friend? Uh, where's your dad? Or I'm starving for attention. Or like, yeah. then we read the comments like, Oh, you're so hot. This and that. Yeah. It's like those girls that are like, yeah. Or there's a girl that posted a shower photo. So I posted, I took a photo of me in like the wet hair <laughs> photo in the shower. Oh um, my gosh. I didn't post it. I just, I, you know, I'll do things like yeah, that to remind yeah. them how dumb things are. And it's like, <laughs> it's just, and we'll talk about it. Like, yeah, yeah, this is like, what's wrong with this? And I think there's every day, I mean, as a parent, you can kind of scroll through probably the feed and go, yeah, what's wrong with this? That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, there was a dude, I'm not sure if you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast at all, but there was a dude named Jonathan Haidt that was on Rogan. He wrote um, a book that, that relates to a lot of things we're talking about, and he was talking about how um, he, he was putting up some statistics of, of female depression rates and female suicide rates, especially in the adolescence age, and um, was breaking it down to that really that guys when when we get in when we bully each other it's usually physical we push each other and do typical guy stuff and um whatnot but girls are just like more emotionally conniving and they they're using these social medias to bully each other emotionally 24 7 whether it's posting anonymous comments or posting photos um or sending snaps to people or whatever it is and then these girls are in their bedrooms before they go to bed just scrolling through these things and just getting bullied emotionally and that's really what's what's causing a lot of these statistics to rise and one of his suggestions was no phones in the bedroom past um i think it was 8 p.m which which i thought was a good idea but it's scary man it's super scary and and we're just becoming more and more scandalous i feel like the the younger generation you should see i teach a class of all freshmen um so i see 90 freshmen a day and and some of the things that these young females are wearing just blow me away blow me away and i i just don't know how fathers let their daughters out of the house with that stuff so i don't know it's scary um so you have some other ventures that I kind of want to get into because I know we're running out of time here, but um, one of them is called Better and Better, which is self-described as being a one-stop shop to grow any web-based product or internet business. And without really giving away any of your secret sauce to that, what what are some things that you would suggest to people trying to make money off the internet, whether it's through um, putting out content or establishing like an actual online business or, or doing some drop shipping stuff or whatever it is. Yeah, I think the the thing, I mean, obviously we've been online since O2 before that I had some other just, I've, I've always been intrigued with the internet. And I think now to, to see, I mean, like one of the things we have online is we have, we run a small groups program online where you can find a small group any day of the week and join in the comfort of your home or from your phone, uh, find, you know, it's like find an AA in any city. So it's like, there's just super smart things you can do to build community to, I mean, we talked about people meeting online to just people, um, finding community online to, to, to buying things. So, um, I think the biggest thing I've, I've found with people that have an idea, like ideas are a dime a dozen. It's just execution and how do, um, how do you ship something? There, there's a book. I think you're going to ask about books later, but poke the box is like an easy book. You could read in an hour by Seth Godin. Mm. And the whole point of it, it's like, it, it doesn't count till it ships. And so I'm an idea guy. I think just by nature, but I know how to probably bring something from idea to execution I, I would say probably quicker and cheaper than anybody i know um and i think you can do that with just the internet and so better and better was just 
the idea of how I do a lot of projects is like I find really great people to do one or two things. And there's nobody I've met that can do it all. Um, mm. Oh, I, you know, these agencies that, oh, well, you can do this and that. It's like, no, dude, you know how to do an, an app or you know how to write code or you know how to do back end or you know how to do this. But there's very few people or agencies that I know can do it all. And so just kind of me realizing all the projects we've kind of put out, it's not me. It's, it's knowing where to go to get those done. So mm-hmm. it was just an experiment a couple of months ago. I was like, gosh, could I build something out where I don't do the work, but I connect the dots. And I think, um, I think that's where a lot of people in this, not just millennials, but like, I, I would say young or old are missing the mark on like, we think we have to do it all for it to count. And I think, you know, I was watching the Super Bowl commercial, the, the Wix commercial. Like, those just crack me up because I've never seen a Wix site that looks good. And Carly Kloss <laughs> is promoting a Wix site. Like, she runs her own website. Like, I think yeah. that's the bummer of, like, we're selling this idea of, like, the Internet's at anyone's disposal and we can do it all. But it's like, dude, most people I know don't even know where to register a domain name and how to connect your site so it doesn't say .wix.com you know um it's how to set up your emails on your site how to write copy how to get uh a funnel started how to put a video like how to put a video behind a closed door to be able to sell it so um i think the fun part for me is like we've done enough things over and over again and we we hit the same sort of guys or gals that know how to do one or two things so so to me I, i i think i'm a big strategy person at the top and a big idea guy at the, at the top, but know how to execute those in a really small task. And so really just kind of working with some friends and people I've worked with for some of them for 20 years that, Hey, they know how to do something. And I think, I think that's the, um, if you could learn that, um, like I said, I said, my son got an opportunity to, to do this commercial for Nike. And, and when we were working on it, he was like, Oh, you know, at the end, like I didn't do, I didn't do everything. And I think that's that mindset that's killing a lot of people that thought of like, I have to do it all. It's like, well, you were paid to direct this. You rallied a team around it and you didn't have to pick up a camera, but that doesn't mean you didn't do everything. It means you actually did what only kind of you can do. And then I think he had to kind of pitch that product through this kind of company of of like how to get the job. And I think most people fell short where it's like, they just came up with the idea, designed the pitch, put together the deck, tried to do every aspect of that job. When it's like, there's no way you all have those, every one of those gifts that takes that project from idea to completion. Mm-hmm. And so with the internet, I mean, a lot of these people I work with, I've never met. Like my back end guy that has wired so many different projects for us. I just met him last week for coffee for the first time face to face, but yet we've been working together for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the fun part of like connecting, connecting people online to make great projects happen. It's just, I'm shocked how many people just don't know where to go or we're sold this idea of it's, it's something I can learn. And I think so many people get so bogged down in trying to learn and figure it all out that they'll never get the project out, out the door yeah. or I, I just can't afford to pay for that. Well, you actually can't afford to learn how to do that because the amount of time that will take you to do will take you off what you wanted to do in the first place. So mm. this is kind of a fun new kind of venture where I'm, I'm just, you know, kind of helping people create some great things online and, and I'm working with a range of, I mean, just some fun projects, um, which is, has been, been fun and, and with some good people. That's super cool. Is it, is it kind of just like consulting if, if people purchase better and better? Is it, are they classes or is it you get actual? No, it's, it's like, Hey, I, I want to build I mean, right now it's like, there's a, I mean, we, we worked with a company that's like, Hey, I, I need a, you know, I want to launch a product. Here's what the product here's the name of the product. We need a design. We need copywritten to tell a story. We need, mm. you know, kind of all the website kind of wired up. Um, you know, another project, have big companies doing a webinar which it's like oh okay those work like the webinars where you do a live event or you, you know well how do you do a webinar how do you do build the framework it's like okay well here's the framework that we can help you write for your webinar as 
like I've got a great copywriter, but then it's like, how do you schedule that where you can run Facebook ads to it? And then it can be generating leads while you sleep. So, okay, there's a Facebook ads company that, that works. So we, we're, we're kind of connecting. What do you want to do? Here's, here's something that we're going to present to you on how to take this from an idea to actually your webinar is live. It's running on Facebook ads. And now you're bringing in X amount of leads a day. And now when people watch the webinar, they get offered a chance to buy something and that sends them to this product. So gotcha. um, I think a lot of people don't understand with the internet, when you go and, and people want your email address, there's an exchange for, well, I'll give you a PDF or I'll give you 20% off free shipping. I'll give you something in exchange for an email. And so the power of an email address is like, well, what are you going to do with it once you get it? Okay, well, let me wire in you a five-part email series once you get this. Like, mm-hmm. the stuff that everybody sees when you do all this stuff, like, it's like, how do you make all that stuff work? And that's where I think people go, well, man, how? I have no clue. And good luck trying to figure that out. It's just, hey, there's people specifically for each of those tasks. So our thing is like, hey, you call us and tell us what you need and we can kind of, we can connect you with the team of people, basically contractors that could eat, could build out whatever you want to build out online. Um, so it starts with strategy, and then I think it breaks down into really small, like, hey, you need this task, and you need this guy or this gal to do these things for you. Um, so that's that's kind of, I would say it's an agency. Not, we're not consulting because we're definitely, we're helping you get something out the door. Mm-hmm. That's that's the the whole goal there. That's really cool. That's smart, man. Um, so wrapping it up, I always ask my guests this, uh, three books from any genre, what what would they be if you were to recommend them to people and why? And I know you kind of touched on Godin's book. It was, what was it called? Poke the Box? Yeah, Poke the Box. Uh, poke, poke the Box. To me, it's just a, a quick read. I, I, I have everybody come on our team read that. Um, I think rework is, is great just because we work virtually. So anyway, that works with me. Like I, we don't have an office. So that I use Basecamp, which is a project management tool. The guys that, that created that software, they wrote a, the whole book on, I mean, I had my kids read it because it was like, look, you're going to probably work for different people um, than just going to an office eight to five type stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like, here's how to work on, here's how to work virtually. I think that's, that's just a no brainer. If you want to get in any of this, like yeah. how do you operate virtually? That's a great book. I mean, the What's best business book, uh, that one's called rework rework. Okay. Best business book I've ever read is and and recommend to everybody. It's called the, uh, the e-myth. I think that's just been instrumental for, for, um, helping people understand like you got to work on your business or, or ministry or whatever, not just in it. Say that um, name again of the book. Uh, the the E Myth, Michael Gerber. Okay. Um, the uh, on a spiritual kind of you know book. I read this one a year and a half ago. It was referred. I heard so many people talk about this book. Um, it's called The Art of Power, mm-hmm. and it's written by. A, um, I think he's he's a monk. Um, his last name is what I can't even pronounce his name, but H A N H is his last name. I think just this, this was just, it's one of the most phenomenal reads that I've, I've ever read. Um, really? It's faith based. Um, he's, he's, he doesn't rule out religious. Like, I think he open ends it. Like he's not talking about one set of religious beliefs, but, just kind of this like true power kind of coming from um what would he say he's a zen master spiritual leader best-selling author but um i think you could read it and go oh well is he talking about you know well where's he say jesus or where do he say this if you really want to dig it's like i think the whole thing's a very spiritual book but yet um gosh how does this translate to you like what your the life that that you're living mm-hmm. um I think I actually heard Tim Ferriss and Blake from Tom's. They were both being interviewed and they both said like how kind of instrumental this book was. Um, so I, I, I've given that book to just so many people. And then uh, like 12 Reels for Life, I think Jordan Peterson, there's yeah. a reason why that guy has sold so many books. Um, I just saw him live. I think that book last year was probably, uh, or if, if that book's too heavy, like the Joe Rogan podcast with Jordan Peterson, he's been yeah. on two or three times. 
Mm-hmm. He's just a whole nother level yeah, of, he of like kind of thinking. I, I don't get all all the hate for him right now. I don't. I don't really calling him a Nazi and all this stuff. Yeah, I, I don't get it all. It's I mean, ridiculous. the guy's a genius. Yeah, uh, and I and I just feel like there's a space now for some deeper. I think church. I don't know your thoughts or beliefs, but like church has gotten so dumb how we talk to just we can't. It's so shallow, so surface, so like. It's just dumb. Like Christians are dumb. Like we're just dumb. We're dumb because we talk to people in such dumb ways, like fifth graders. And it's like, I just, you know, we go to church and it's like the lamest, easiest, like 1.0 type stuff. And I think for Jordan Peterson to be selling out $80 tickets across the world for a lecture, you know, a Harvard lecture, just type performance shows that like, wish the church would kind of catch on that like we can take some deeper content like why is no one watching the news because we just with these five minute interviews with just sound bites like yep. man i want a deeper kind of conversation i think what he's doing um is pretty fascinating um and then i'm just i mean this is random but like michael poland's latest book on how to change your mind yeah that that's a crazy i mean that's talking about psychedelics and yeah i just devoured that book because it's i think there's something there as well that agreed once again the church is way way behind way on behind. any sort of um so i've been the email on him which has just been blowing my mind because i had a friend connect me and i was like i think he's saying things on a scientific level that is pretty profound mm-hmm. but i think some of those conversations are coming from a spiritual perspective of and so to see how that intersects with the spiritual and the scientific kind of world, yeah. um, I think he's agnostic, but reading that book, I felt like he missed out on some of these experiences because he lacked any sort of spiritual mm-hmm. direction. But um, that book's I, that that book to me is a phenomenal read as well. Yeah, I've I've that one's been on my list, and I definitely want to check that out. He's at a he's at a Berkeley, right? He's a professor at Berkeley. Yeah, I mean, he wrote all the food stuff, and then now, you know, with, with Tim jumping into yeah. psychedelics and just is just the power there. I think I think we got to look at stuff like that from a mental health perspective, or just from a being like we're not living, you know, just what we're mm-hmm. how we're living and being. Like I think there's there's some he's 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 hoping that there's some change kind of coming from just how we're treating mental health, but just the the power of things that that maybe we've frowned on. I mean, it's like the marijuana conversation. Yeah. We've, we've frowned on that for so long yet. Like, I think there's a new day and an age in, in that space that a lot of people are, are opening up to. And yet then you look at the church going, well, where are we at in that conversation? Like we're still like, not we're, addressing. We're it. late on everything. Like <laughs> yeah. the church is late on everything. Like, marijuana is legal in california is legal in so many states and i'll ask my church friends like hey what's your what's your church policy on that what do you mean well like you have a drinking policy you have this but like marijuana there's a marijuana shop right next to your church like have you guys addressed that oh no we don't know what to say and i think yeah i'd love to see just see that more and more people from a religious or christian perspective have something to say on these cultural topics that we just hope would go away because they push up against things that that we're uncomfortable with agreed I, I couldn't agree with everything you said in the last five minutes more man one one thing that i'll suggest to the listeners is there's a podcast by bridgeway which is actually the church that i go to in roseville um the podcast is called engaging culture and i had one of the pastors on this this podcast brian Kylie, and they dive into i mean the, the name is engaging culture so they have an episode on medical marijuana and just mar- recreational marijuana they have episodes on mental health and stuff like that and they're they're really making an effort to get into these cultural um, issues and topics and and talk about it from a church's perspective, whether it's just the racism that exists in America or, or the drug use or anything like that. So I definitely recommend people check that out. All right, Craig, thank you, man. Um, where where yeah. can people, people find you online? Uh, I mean, easiest would just be uh, Craig Gross on social or just craiggross.com has, has uh, working on a new podcast as well called Craig Brain. Uh, and I'll dive into a bunch of these things that I've just talked about that I've kind of been wrestling with for the last couple of years as well. So um, kind of a new venture rather than just talking about porn. I feel mm-hmm. like I've, I've got a lot of other things that interest me. So 
um, yeah, I'm starting that next month. So something, so you can find that at craiggross.com. Sweet man. And I'll link to everything we talked about in the show. Right notes. I'll have the triple X and, and, um, better and better and all those things. So, all right, Sweet, man. man. Thank you. I all appreciate right. it. Thank you, man. Special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the instrumental used on the intro and outro of this podcast. Also a big thanks to the good people over at Capital Floats, which is Northern California's premier sensory deprivation or float tank facility. I am a frequent user there and I absolutely love it. And for listeners of this podcast, they're offering an exclusive deal, which is three floats for $120 or 20% off the normal price. Just go to capitalfloats.com. Choose the three float intro package and use the promo code Life Enchanted with no spaces at checkout. Please remember that I am not a doctor, so definitely consult with your physician before making any sudden diet, supplement, or lifestyle changes suggested on any of these episodes. If you're interested in connecting with me, you can send an email to Nick, N-I-C-K, at mylifeenchanted.com, or you can find me on Instagram at mylifeenchanted. Peace. <laughs>